Howdy, folks. For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Throughout today's performance, please refrain from buzzing, stinging, and pollinating. And no chirping. Thank you. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we'd love to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and why we still enjoy visiting the most magical place on Earth. We're not experts, but we want to share our unique experiences and memories with you. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may return to some of your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And we'd love to share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast. You're an unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks that we know and love today. I'm Dewey, one of your hosts, and this is episode number 30 of the WDW Reflections podcast. We thank you all for being here with us. Stick around towards the end of the show for more information on how you can contact us and become involved. And you can get involved with the show through social media groups and maybe even be a contributor to future shows. With me today is my podcast travel buddy, Tony, coming to us from the Big Apple. What's going on, Tony? Hey, how are you, Dewey? Uh, I just wanted to say really quickly, may the 4th be with you. This is that that week in which we celebrate everything to do with uh, a certain movie franchise. A certain movie franchise. We may have may have mentioned that movie franchise on the show before yeah, probably more than we, yeah. probably more than than most people who uh, follow disney parks care to talk about it yeah, probably so we, we actually can't help it um we originally had another show planned for this week as you know just letting the audience know it was going to be led by our co-host ron but unfortunately he's unavailable this week and um he can't join us for this but he's not a, as big a star wars nerd as we are so we thought you know, being that it's May the 4th, we can't let that pass. Let's let's take a, a few moments and just think about what Star Wars even means. That's absolutely right. So, you know, uh, Ron's not here to yell at us to stop talking about <laughs> Star Wars. So <laughs> we're going to go crazy with it. So so that's right. Tony G, this week, since uh, May the 4th is coming up, we thought that we would uh, get together and commemorate May 4th, 2022. And what has, in the last few years, become a popular saying amongst Star Wars fans, and that is that kind of clever play on words, may the fourth be with you. You know, obviously playing on the may the force be with you from uh, from basically every episode of the Star Wars franchise. So that's what we're going to do today. So, Tony, I'm going to send it over to you, buddy. Take it away. Sure. Uh, May the 4th, as, as Dewey mentioned, uh, celebrates the Star Wars saga, this, this, the entire series of, of movies that were originally created by George Lucas. And uh, Disney has a huge connection with them, as we all know, because not only do they have sections of the park dedicated to the movie, they have also celebrated 
aspects of the saga throughout the years. And we thought we'd just take a few moments to, to, moments to talk about our memories of that uh, in this Disney Memories podcast and for today for some Star Wars memories. Uh, to, let's take it all the way back to our very first exposure to it. I am one of the original Star Wars people. I, I got to see the movie in the movie theaters back in 1977. I was 12 years old. And I kind of documented all of my experiences growing up with Star Wars in another vlog that I also do on YouTube. And I'll provide the links and, and maybe let you guys hear some sound clips from that here. But I'm very interested in finding out more about Dewey. Dewey's, uh, for me, he's, he's the next group that came in and became um, Star Wars fans. I'd love to know, what was your first experience with, with the Star Wars? Well, for me, so I was born in 74. So when Star Wars, uh, which later they kind of renamed A New Hope, when episode four came out, I was only three years old. Mm -hmm. So first of all, I absolutely positively don't have any memories of, you know, that whole, the explosion of Star Wars. You know? Do you know if and, your family took you to see it as a child or no? Um, no, I don't, I don't think they did. I obviously don't have any memories of it. They don't. And uh, they weren't big fans of, of Star Wars or anything. So by the time I came around and um, I guess you could say started uh, as a kid, you know, starting to develop my own interests and things like that, uh, I started getting into Star Wars. So what I in my family really wasn't uh, what I and I'm the oldest kid, so there wasn't an, an older sibling or anything to influence me. What I do remember is probably around six years old, seven years old, something like that. We had the cable TV was brand new. So we're talking, this is probably 79, 80, something like that. I remember <laughs> the remote control wasn't a remote control at all. It was uh, one, uh, like a box. It almost like a computer keyboard had a cord and everything that went to the box that connected to the TV and it had like analog buttons. So if you wanted to go to channel two, you push two or four and like, it was literally looked like We're a like sort a of like those old Atari things. No. Um, well, it looked like a, like a typewriter. It was, literally and it was, it was attached with a button. cord or something, right? Yep. Yep. Right. And so I remember uh, every single time I saw the 20th century Fox fanfare come up, <laughs> I thought it was, I was Star Wars. I was, yeah. I would get excited. I was like, yes, Star Wars. And then it would be something, because obviously 20th Century Fox made movies oh, other yes. than Star Wars. That's right. I was six. I didn't realize that. So the, the fanfare, you know, da, 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 you know, the 20th Century Fox thing. And I'll be like, yes, 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 Star Wars. And then some other movie would start. And I'll be like, what's going on? We're Star Wars. <laughs> so I can remember that, it would the the you know star wars would be shown on cable and i was six i didn't know how to use a tv guide or any of that stuff you know so it's not like i could prepare for it i would just see the fanfare of 20th century fox and be really excited and either it wasn't star wars and i would just be like oh or it was <laughs> star wars and i would watch it again now so, what what made you interested in watching it? Were you a fan of that kind of thing or was it just something about it that, that caught I, your eye? It just captured my attention when I was, you know, 6-year-old Dewey. It was just it was just 
uh, you know, it was magical, you know, it wasn't like anything else. And, you know, you think about the 1979, 1980. Yeah. The only programming that kids had was saturday morning cartoons you know Which, if, you, if you're if you're not familiar with those go go google them on youtube and oh, take sure. a look at at the at the cartoons we had in the 70s or the commercials we had in the 70s they are uh, something lacking right in, in those shows so yeah oh yeah absolutely because it wasn't until ronald reagan became president and here you go if you're not into history i'm about to bore you for a second Ronald Reagan, when he became president, uh, kind of loosened some of the restrictions that was held to uh, protect kids. So from advertisers and stuff, some of, and when those restrictions were, were released, it allowed advertisers to directly target kids. So that's when you started seeing commercials for um uh, like this breakfast cereals and and all those things that really started bringing kids into television. And uh, th so the cartoons that started being to be shown after school in the eighties, like your GI Joes and your He-Mans and your, those kinds of things, those were literally created to sell toys. And then they were, there was advertising directed towards kids. So, but that didn't really exist before Ronald Reagan's uh, first first term in office, which he was elected in 1980. So that's when, you know, when all of those things started happening for, so kids started getting stuff on TV. Before that, there wasn't a lot for kids on TV. So when I was just magically magnetically drawn to star wars and you know i watched it every single time i found it on tv and so that's probably my first memories or uh, experiences with star wars like i said i was only three when it came out in theater so i'm i'm certain i didn't see it in the movie theater so did but you see I, did you eventually get to go see the subsequent ones in theaters as well or did you also catch those on cable um I, no, if you want me to get, I'll go ahead and move on to The Empire Strikes Back. That is probably one of my very first, like, really strong memories, uh, you know, because, again, 1980, you figure May of 1980, when um, Star Wars, I guess, that episode five would have come back, yes. come out, uh, Empire Strikes Back. I was six. I just turned six. My right. birthday is May 18th. So yeah. I just turned six when it came out at the end of, uh, of May. So one of my very first memories, my earliest memories that is still stuck in my head, I can remember walking out of, uh, back in my hometown, the Levy, L-E-V-Y, Levy is the name of the town. Levy Twin Cinema is a little two screen movie theater in North Little Rock, Arkansas and walking out of there. And I was just distraught in tears, crying because Han Solo was frozen. Like I, it, <laughs> I was, and you know, I mean, so, and then it's three more years until return of the Jedi right. comes out. Did you know that? Did they tell you it was going to be three years? No, I, I, I know that now looking back, yeah. but so then we didn't know we, and we, I mean, heck, we, I was six years old. I didn't know if there would ever be another Star <laughs> Wars movie, you know, so, but I can remember 
walking out of that little two screen movie theater, just crying like, oh, it's solo, <laughs> you know, like just devastated that. See, now, now what you're saying. Frozen. And what you're saying right there is a perfect example of the appeal and the reach that this movie had, because I have spoken to several people about the Star Wars experience and growing up with it. And everyone has that memory of being, they'll, they'll name the theater that they saw it at the day that it was like, where it was sunny out or whatever. Everybody remembers that theatrical experience of what it was like uh, to be there. I mean, I remember uh, my best friend talked about how the uh, being sitting in the theater and seeing the, um, the uh, Star Destroyer go over his head in, in a big gigantic screen. And that blew him away. I came into it from uh, having re having read uh, the co first couple of issues of the Marvel comic book, which I had collected over that summer, and I couldn't wait to see how this movie ended. And I, I would look at the drawings and I'd be totally fascinated by it because I said, how are they going to do this on a screen? I, I don't understand. And when I saw, when I walked in, unfortunately, at those in those days, they let you walk in in the middle of the movies. I don't think they let you do that nowadays. But we walked in in the middle and then we'd stay and watch the movie again to see the part that we missed. And we happened to walk in during the scene with 3PO and, and R2 in the desert. And that was my first introduction to it. And there was this thing that I saw in the comic book presented live on screen. I was captivated then. And, and I still, you're talking about your response. I'm remembering the audience responding around me. I mean, the audience would cheer. Um, when Darth Vader came out, the audience was booing because he was the quote unquote villain. <laughs> um, I still and we didn't the, know that, you know, right. you didn't we know, Darth Vader was, it. but no, we didn't, you know, we didn't know that. Yeah. And, but and you just I, I would feel hear, it. I still hear right? the guy, even when I watch it on television, I still hear the guy who was sitting a few rows behind me when Luke and Han are having the discussion about whether to reach uh, uh, rescue Princess Leia and, and Han go, and Luke says, well, she's rich. I hear the guy who said the line before Luke said it. He still says it in my head. And that was oh, so almost 45 years ago, 46 years ago. So it was your first viewing or whatever, but it clearly wasn't that guy's first right. viewing. Right, he had the guy seen it <laughs> What was exciting about this movie for me was, you know, again, I'm talking about May of 1977. We were just leaving uh, school, and I had a classmate. Her name was Curry, and her brother had seen it that that night before the last day of school. And she she had come back. She was wearing this button that said, may the force be with you. And I said, what is that? And she said, oh, my brother brought this button back. He said he just saw the greatest movie ever made. And that, you know, intrigued me. I'm like, what is this greatest movie ever made? And how could it be the greatest movie if it wasn't made by Disney is what my thought was at the time. But uh, those, those are my ex experiences. And so, of course, I followed a lot of what was going on. And um, and with with the Empire Strikes Back, I mean, I stood online for that one. And I, I, as I mentioned, I, I did cover all, all of this information. But so the Empire Strikes Back came out. You were traumatized <laughs> and you had to wait. You know, my sister was a big fan of Harrison Ford. And she got very mad when she's, she's my older sister. She got very mad when she saw the ending because she said, you mean I have to wait how long till we see the next part? Because it was, as Dewey said, three long years between the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And what do you remember about that or that period? So I told you about my Empire Strikes Back, you know, I, yes. we went and saw that. So that year, uh, and I'm, you know, I missed the, because, you know, with Star Wars Episode Four, 
the the toys weren't available. You know, I, I now being a fan of the franchise for a hundred years, I know about the the um this the, the entry the, toys. the early bird. Right. Actually, exactly. Yeah. The early bird stuff. I didn't I, I didn't have that. You know, I was too young then. But I do remember the Christmas of 1980. Uh, and I they still were ready pictures. this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were ready. And I was ready to, to, to get it, to take it, give it to me. So I remember uh, Christmas of 1980. Uh, I got Dagobah. I got the Dagobah play oh, set. Nice. Um, and we got, you know, just a, a collection of figures. Not sure, you know, obviously I don't remember what they are. I remember I had Dengar and, you know, there were some characters from The Empire Strikes Back that I got. I still have them, by the way. Um, I've got about 150 of my original uh, Star Wars That's figures fantastic. still in the, the great big Darth Vader carrying case and everything. And you think about all the toys you must have had as a kid. And yet those were the ones that you felt so were so important that you had to save them all these years. I still have that Dagobah. I still have wow. the original Dagobah that I had. Um, it had a foam, you know, when, uh, when R2 falls into the yes. swamp, it had like a little piece of foam about this big that um, had like a, a, it's hard to explain, but it was a little piece of foam that uh, had a, a cross uh, cut into it. So that it opened up and you could push R2 down into it. So like, and then you could, you could poke his antenna up from, uh, from the, from the, the swamp. Uh, but I still have that little Dagobah. Unfortunately, the, the foam has disintegrated over, what is that? 40 years now. So um, it's just a hole <laughs> now, but I still have that Dagobah. I still have all those figures. Um, so I remember that, you know, obviously there was three years between Empire Strikes yeah. Back and Return of the Jedi. So, you know, those toys were amazing. Uh, I, I created my own episode six time <laughs> and time again with those toys, you know, is uh, it, it was just it was just unbelievable. I mean, thank goodness those toys existed because it was a an enormously torturous three years waiting <laughs> for the next. And there was no Disney plus. We didn't have the, you know, no, the, we had to series. keep going back to see it in the movie right. theater. Yeah. And, but there wasn't another story to, to anywhere, you know, there was no, um, I wasn't a comic book kid, so there was right. probably comic books, but there were comic books and there were a couple of novelizations that kind of went to places before the saga, but nothing nothing continuing it i didn't have and, access to any of that stuff so i just created my own next episode all the time with uh with the my star wars toys so when you saw return of the jedi what happened then so finally return of the jedi comes out and so by this time i'm i guess i'm nine it was three years later so nine years old and um i, I can remember freaking out because luke was wearing black right and i was like what does that mean is luke bad now darth vader wears black and he's the bad guy so why is luke wearing black you know i remember even before i went and saw the movie you know you see the the commercials the on trailers TV yeah and uh in the yeah the trailers and they show luke skywalker with the black glove on right. the 
you know, because we later find out he, his mechanical hand gets injured when he's fighting on the John Jabba skiff. But uh, so he's wearing the black glove and he's in a black suit. And I was like, what is going on? Why is Luke Skywalker in black? Like, is he bad now? Uh, so I remember that, you know, just being so anxious and, you know, just can't wait to to finally see the what we thought was going to be the last chapter. And I think it was actually billed as the last chapter of the Star Wars saga. It was uh, George Lucas was going through some um, personal issues at the time, and he personally decided this is going to be it for a while. Uh, even though he had at first claimed, I have, I have magazines from 78 and 79 where he said it was going to be 12 parts and then eight parts and then nine parts. <laughs> but uh, eventually it, it, it settled down on just being those six by him, which leads us to there was a, a period in there where um, there wasn't any new content, but somehow Star Wars stayed alive through video through cable, as you said, and through merchandise. It stayed alive through 16 years between the time of Return of the Jedi and the prequel trilogy. And I know a lot of people don't like the prequel trilogy, but I'm not really going to that extreme. I'm talking about the Star Wars experience mostly here. So what do you remember about that? So it's funny. Uh, I, I refer to that as the dark times, the times between the, the times between so we thought it was over. Yes. Return of the Jedi came out in 1983. We thought that was it. Yep. So between 83 and then to probably when we found out they were finally going to make new episodes, it was probably 95, 96, yeah, something like exactly. that. When uh -huh. Lucas was like, all right, we're going to go back and tell you how Darth Vader, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, so we're talking 12, 13, 15 years or so that, there was no new Star Wars, and we didn't think there was ever going to be new Star Wars. So I referred to that as the dark times. Now, the only positive that I can tell you that came of that was that. So I was in 99, I would have been, uh, hate math, like 25, I guess, 24, 24, 25 years old. So uh, in my early 20s, still a Star Wars nerd. I started going to yard sales and to flea markets and I started scooping up Star Wars, uh, mostly figures and toys, but I would buy books and comic books and, and all that kind of stuff. People, you know, clearing out the garage or the kids grew up and they're getting rid of all these boxes. So uh, that's what I did in the dark times. I went and bought, um, every ship and lucky you uh, figure and everything that i could find so um you know i i remember there was a little flea market in uh in north little rock arkansas that i went to that and you know i was 20 20 years old whatever so i wasn't making any money you know i was poor uh so but this flea market had a layaway system so you could you know, pick what you wanted. They put yeah. it in the box, put your name on it. So I paid for months and months and months on this Star Wars collection. I remember that I got a B-Wing. I got a Slave One, Boba Fett ship, probably 50 or 60 figures. Like I, I got all kinds of stuff from this flea market. So uh, that's what I did. I just tried to keep it alive. You know, I didn't play with the toys anymore. 
but I did collect them. So I, I, I bought a whole bunch of older collections from flea markets and stuff like that. And then around 94, 95, uh, I, I guess it was uh, Hasbro uh, re-released they, a whole new line of Star Wars toys. Came oh, that's out. right. And it was yeah. called the, the Power of the Force. Yeah. And, um, ooh, hold on just a second. I'm going to go get some. Okay. There we go. I hope that was fast. Mm-hmm. So this is the Power of the Force line that I'm go. talking about. Is that the bulkier um, ones when they used to look a little bit yes, bulkier? Yes, uh-huh. And so these came out, let me see. It was actually made by Kenner. I don't know if you can see that. You're screen. fading out a bit Yeah, there. my screen, because I have that silly yeah. background. Uh, it was made by Kenner. 1995, these came out. Uh, so the Power of the Force line came out in 95. And uh, so I started buying these. And I had every single one that they put out. And um, so that's how I kept my love of Star Wars alive until, you know, they eventually announced the new, the new series coming out. Now, right before we go there, I have noticed something that's happened specifically over the past several years, and that's that everybody and their in-laws seems to be somehow have been a Star Wars fan since... Um, since 77 which i tend to disagree with do you remember when you were collecting this stuff were you was it looked at kind of weird as a why are you collecting that or did you know other people who were getting it as well uh well first of all i was a star wars fan before being a star wars fan yeah we'll say yeah. that there you go you uh people you know i guess you could say i was lovingly referred to as a star wars nerd uh, you know, I wear that moniker proudly, but it so wasn't yeah. something that back then you weren't like, there weren't, it wasn't cool. You, you know? wouldn't be wearing that t-shirt to school. <laughs> Let's put it that way. No. Oh no. Well, first of all, you couldn't find it if you wanted it. Yes. Right. You know, you couldn't yeah. find star Wars t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people thought it was weird. They're like, you're like 20. Why are you buying Star yeah. Wars toys? You know what I mean? And, uh, and I, I couldn't explain it. It was just that it had been with me since I was four or five years old. I remember it. It, it was, I mean, every single day I would play with those figures and that Dagobah playset. And, and when Return of the Jedi came out, I got the Ewok Village playset. You know, so I, assume, I assume like me, you were watching these over and over and over again as well, the, the movies on video. Uh, well, you know, eventually by the late 80s, I guess, is when VCRs came out. And um, remember, you could you could buy blank VCR tapes and then yeah. record your TV. So I had, you know, cheap, horribly recorded <laughs> versions that I, you know, I, I would see the 20th Century Fox fanfare and I would go, ah, and I'd hit record, you know. <laughs> so I had you know badly recorded vhs tapes of star wars off of the tv so yes i had them and i watched them and of course we only had one tv in the house so you know it was rare that you could get time on the tv that someone else wasn't there also but whenever i could use the tv and put my vcr tape of one of the recorded episodes uh and you know my dad wouldn't try to be watching wrestling or something uh you know then we would watch it i would try to watch it 
Um, and, 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 and to move forward a bit, in 97, we had the reissue, the Star Wars special editions. Did you, editions. Did you go to, get uh-huh. to see them in the movie theaters? Absolutely. That was the first time I got to see A New Hope in theaters. Because, like I said, I was three years old. So, yes, I absolutely positively did go see the special editions in movie theaters. And I was still, I joined the Air Force in 1999. So oh, okay. in 1997, when the special editions came out, I was still uh, back home in Arkansas. I was probably, I don't know, 19, 20 something at that time. So uh, I saw them in the theaters back home in Arkansas. But yes, absolutely. I, and I saw them multiple times. I didn't just go see each episode once. I probably saw each one probably three times. Did you do you feel that your career in the Air Force was inspired by watching Star Wars at all? Uh, no, no, okay. not a bit. Just the, curious. I'll tell you, honestly, uh, the only reason I joined the Air Force is because I couldn't afford to go to college and I right, wanted right. to use the GI Bill. Okay. <laughs> so there, uh, I, I like to pretend that I, it was, I was a patriot or none of that's true. I was just poor and couldn't go to college. So no, I was just curious <laughs> if, uh, you know, the space theme had anything to do with it. Uh, maybe subconsciously when I was a kid, I dreamed of going to space camp and I thought I'd be an astronaut someday. So maybe subconsciously a little, but, uh, I wouldn't be being truthful with anybody or myself if I said that, that I joined for any other reason other than trying to better my life and try to, uh, pay for college. So. Well, let me move this forward now. During this part, during this time, you also went to Disney parks. Did you? I think we've spoken about it before. Star tours. Yes, uh, I, I know we've talked about it uh, in a previous show about the, my first time to uh, Disney MGM Studios. It was uh, in 1989, just a few months after it opened, and they had they had begun construction on Star Tours. And, and you know, again, this is before the internet. This is before I bought my first burn bombs or anything. So I didn't know what was there, what wasn't there. I had no idea. I just knew MGM Studios was there and we were going to go. So my first time there, the the big AT-AT display in front of the Star Tours building, that was all there. And I remember you you walk down the the main street there and the Chinese theaters there in front of you and you make a left and boom, there's the AT-AT. I freaked out. Sure. And then was devastated when I got to there and the got to the 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 opening to the queue and the sign there says opening whatever summer 1990 or whatever <laughs> it was. So I was devastated that I couldn't get on Star Tours that first time. But I we you know finally did go back the next year and I got on Star Tours and was just, you know, I mean as a kid, you you play with those toys day after day after day, and you never never dream that someday you can be in the movie, you know? Right. And that's what Star Tours was. That and was they did a great job of, of representing that, especially when they would have the appearances of the characters in front of you with the uh, audio animatronic of C-3PO and R2 or the sometimes Absolutely. appearances of Chewbacca and the Ewoks in that area and sometimes even a Stormtrooper, I understand. It, it would have probably been pretty pretty intense to anyone who grew up at that time to actually be involved with it. And um, that led into the, the prequel era I don't think I didn't get a chance to speak with um, the people I was reflecting on 
the experience with about the prequel area, but that is prime time. Oops, sorry, that was prime made for your uh, generation. What did you feel about that in that time period? Well, first of all, we didn't, we never thought that that was ever going to happen. Never, right? Know? So years. Just it was the, just... I mean, why would you, if you 16 waited 15 years, years long, yeah. right? Exactly. You, you know, we never thought it was going to happen. So the fact that it did was pretty amazing. Um, I remember, you know, when, when they finally announced that it was going to happen, I was, you know, really, really excited. And then I joined the Air Force in 97. So in 1999, when episode uh, one came out, I was in the Air Force and I was stationed at Keesler Air Force Base, Mississippi, and uh, which is in Biloxi, Mississippi. And I, I saw the uh, episode one, there was a casino down in, in uh, Biloxi called the Imperial Palace. And it had the fanciest theater uh, anywhere in, you know, within 50 miles there. So um, I saw episode one seven times in the theaters there wow, at the Imperial awesome. Palace. Um, and, you know, just uh, I remember just being obsessed with Darth Maul. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, so many and, and I mean, so freaking cool. But um, yeah, I was in a grown man by 1999. I was, I don't know what, 25, I guess and uh still being made to feel like a kid again because i went and saw you know went and saw it so many times saw it with some friends a couple of times saw it with uh by myself a couple of times like and I it's hard to explain to anybody who wasn't around who wasn't around during that era what that was like because we had i mean i, I experienced it the first time but the second time was so huge because it was now being covered everywhere and there were people lining up for weeks uh, before seeing this movie. They literally would sit and camp out in front of the movie theater for weeks ahead of time to see this. And I got to see it the night before. Um, and I had booked tickets, I think twice. I had gotten uh, tickets to go see it the night before it opened and then the day that it opened. And even booking tickets was difficult because they were sold out almost instantly. It was, it was such um, an experience that can never even be equaled and i and i know that the movies were derided at the time and now we're finding the new generation the ones who grew up with that are actually saying well, what's wrong with you people that was great you know that was our star wars and we love that and a lot of what's coming out today is kind of hearkening back to to stuff that came out of that particular era and and i personally I've never gotten to share my opinions of it, but I, I, I personally think those three are a great series of movies of their own. They have, you know, I don't necessarily need to connect them to the original one to enjoy it. I think they, they, they all have something in them that is just so captivating that is probably better than a lot of movies that are out there today. I, and I think I can get into George's vision. I can get into the beauty of how it was filmed. And what I've done from time to time is I change the language on it. And if you don't listen to it in the original language and you just look at the screen, it is such a beautifully poetic series of movies that I think are have been totally underrated over the over the during the with the time that it first came out. And I think as time goes on, they may be looked at a little bit differently. Yeah, I think um, they were pretty hard on old George Lucas back Very then. Hard. You know, yeah. they were hard on him. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'll say that 
my I will say really quickly, there were reasons for that. I mean, if you're just a regular movie fan and you're a regular Star Wars fan, I could see why you could feel that way. But I think that you have to wipe that from your brain and just try to see it as the entertainment value that it is and understand the creative process that went into this. It wasn't just thrown together. Like I heard a couple of comments, people said, oh, he's just making the money. Look at these movies again and you'll notice every single detail was thought out. It wasn't just something that was slot together. Absolutely. Um, and he did get a lot of criticism and everything like that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't listen to those people. Yeah. Um, I was in 1999, I was that six-year-old kid again mm -hmm. and just happy that we had Star Wars again. Yeah. You know, there was 15 years or whatever that there was no Star Wars and now there's Star Wars again you people need to shut up y'all are idiots we have star wars again what <laughs> right, are you complaining yeah. about you know yeah. so um i was just excited that we had star wars again did i like the prequels as much as the originals of course not and i will never like anything as much as i like the original the original trilogy that that was just a magical time of my childhood nothing yeah. will ever be that but I am so excited and so happy that there that, you know, and then I was that it was back and it was, uh, you know, and, and, you know, if it hadn't have come back, if we didn't have the prequels, I don't know that Disney would have bought Star Wars. I don't know that there would be this revival, this resurgence of Star Wars now, if they hadn't have done the prequels, if it had just been the original trilogy back in that ended in 83, I don't know that in when was it 2012 I think Disney 2012 Wars, that's correct I, I don't know that that purchase would have happened I don't know that Star Wars would have been relevant enough to uh to be worth that money the that Disney put out the billions of dollars uh the the revival or the resurgence that Lucas created with the prequel trilogy from 99 to 03 is what made that purchase possible. I, and plus, I, I think, think it also inspired what is commonly known as today's Star Wars, because I think it it, it brought it into, it, you couldn't escape it in 1999. It was everywhere. I was on a plane before the movie opened and they handed out a soda can. And on the soda can, there was a picture of Princess Amidala on there, yep. Queen Amidala. Pepsi I mean, had it a was, huge Pepsi, deal. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It was, it was, it was unavoidable. And so it, it was such a huge thing. So it was huge enough for Disney to celebrate it in Star Wars weekends, where they had a yearly thing where you and I've spoken about this before as well, where we would go down to Florida and actually enjoy celebrating Star Wars. Absolutely. Yep. I did that uh, several times in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, and you know, again, that's when it started being cool to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, dude, where y'all been? I was here the whole time. You know? Exactly, right. But, you know, you could, and we've talked about Tatooine Traders and everything there at the Star Tours ride. That's really the first place you could buy Star Wars memorabilia again, because, you know, it's not like you could just go down to JCPenney's or whatever and buy a, a, a Star Wars t-shirt. You know, they weren't making them, but you could go to Tatooine Traders or, uh, what is it uh, indoor vendors uh what you know the two stores that they changed names 
but you could go there and buy like a Boba Fett shirt or something. You couldn't buy those at the store prior to Disney putting Star Tours into their parks. And it so, must be noted that the parks were always packed during Star Wars weekends. I mean, you couldn't even walk through there. It was so, so dense with people. Absolutely. At least the ones yeah. that I visited. I mean, it was always just so busy. And I know that they, they did a couple of things where they were goofy and they did the, um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking out as what it was called, but Stig and Hoopla's hyperspace Hoopla. I actually enjoyed mm-hmm. that. I, it, was, it was these two actors who would stand on stage and introduce goofy acts in which the Star Wars characters would get up and dance or do like a, a variety show. I, I had fun during that because I thought for me, we're just having fun here. It's just, this is just, it's great to be able to see these characters. Chewbacca dancing, the Stormtroopers dancing just made me laugh. And yeah, I mean, really, that, that's a little bit of a, a little bit of genius there, because what that does is the the maybe the Star Wars fans that are on the sidelines, maybe they're just casual fans. They're not, yeah. you know, huge like us, or maybe they're not fans of Star Wars at all. And don't they, you know, the ones that call him Dark Vader, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Um, just the ones that know what Star Wars is, but haven't seen it or whatever those people are walking you know down the street and they see star wars characters dancing to like disco or whatever they were doing and that makes it relevant to the the fan of music or that makes it relevant to the fan of disney but maybe not a star wars fan they're like what is this why is darth vader dancing you know what i mean and they stop and now they're capturing the imagination or or the kids the kids that haven't seen star wars you know the typical five-year-old in 1999 or 2000 probably didn't see star wars but now they're like hey what are they look what are these they're dancing what is going on you know that that's capturing the imagination and at least the attention of the casual disney fan that is now like maybe i should check out this star wars thing i don't yeah. know what, what is this i don't know what this is it's very or possible they went that on happened. the ride you know so it's very possible uh, and for and for sticklers um uh, you would know this as a as a costumer yourself the the costumes were authentic they were not just thrown together star wars costumes they made sure that they were movie accurate to what absolutely. they were doing yeah yeah absolutely and this was I, a, our exposure to them wasn't just um you know a jawa with a big head it was an actual person who was that high walking around as a jawa you know to be it, it able was... to yeah to be able to you know just like you can go stand in line and get your picture taken with mickey mouse at star wars weekends you could stand in line and get your picture taken with chewbacca or darth vader or whatever and you know before the 501st and you know all the the the, the you can you can see those costumed people all over the place now but before that, that was unbelievable to be able to stand next to Darth Vader and get your picture taken with him. And mm-hmm. Star Wars Weekends at Disney World uh, allowed that. So for a Star Wars nerd like me, that was unbelievably cool. Yeah, it was Loved for it. me too. I, 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 really, I really wish I could have gone to all of them. I, I didn't go, get to all of them, but I went to a substantial number of them and always had a great time there. And uh, speaking of this, um, in late 2011, actually during the throes of Hurricane Sandy, I, I had lost communication with the, um, with the internet during, during Hurricane Sandy. And 
uh, when I finally did get some kind of internet connection, something popped up on my screen about uh, Disney buys Star Wars. And that was the only thing I got. I couldn't see anything else because my internet didn't want to work any further. And I was like, oh my God, Disney bought Star <laughs> that, that was, to me, that was the best part of Hurricane Sandy is being able to see that, that, um, that notification. For me, it was an excitement because here for me were the best of both worlds blending together. I always was a huge Disney fan and I was always a huge uh, Star Wars fan. So to get them both together to me meant something really special was coming. And um, I'm curious to know, what did you think about that announcement? Well, you know, obviously we're sitting here recording on uh, our Walt Disney World podcast. Yeah. So it probably goes without saying that uh, I'm a big Disney fan and it goes without saying that I'm a big Star Wars fan. So the fact that th that's like, um, you know, a marriage made in mm -hmm. heaven, you know, that's two of my most favorite things in the world. Now they're together. What? You know, it was just amazing. So I, I absolutely love that, that Disney bought Star Wars because, you know, and no offense to George Lucas, but that dude was, you know, whatever, 60 something years old, 70 something years old, whatever. He was ready to retire and he didn't want to make more movies. And, but he knew that someone out there wanted to see more movies. So it was really, uh, I think that that was like the last gift that George Lucas gave us. He gave us the gift of Star Wars 40 years ago. And in 2012, he gave us the gift of the the opportunities for more star wars for new star wars and exactly and and speaking of 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 this gift uh, it, it was another 16 years from the time of the last star wars movie to till we finally got to see another star wars movie an amazing span it was 30 about 30 years from the time of return of the jedi 30 maybe 32 years like that, from the return of the jedi to um to the force awakens and for me, I mean, I know a lot of people, again, have mixed feelings about the sequel trilogy. I happen to have enjoyed them. I enjoyed the Star Wars experience of every year there was another Star Wars movie coming out that you would go to, you plan to go see and be there in the movie theater and just experience this again, this world. And I will, I, I don't know, I think I enjoyed this last experience probably as much as I, I did the first. It was just so much fun. I mean, I know a lot of people have problems with the stories, but um, the experience to me overrides that. Here's my perspective on the sequel trilogy. First of all, I am not a movie director. Mm -hmm. I am not a screenwriter. I am not a movie producer. I am none of those things. I am what I would consider an enormous Star Wars fan. So does that mean that because I'm an enormous Star Wars fan and that I've been watching it since I was a kid, does that mean I'm qualified to make a Star Wars movie? Absolutely not. So from my perspective, would when I was seven or eight years old playing on my front porch with my Dagobah playset and my Dengar action figures, did I ever come up with storylines similar to what were in the sequel trilogy nope that it's not what my brain thought of but does that mean that because someone else's brain thought up those stories that it's bad no of course not 
if I was qualified to be making those movies, then I would be, you know, and then my Star Wars movies or my, the, what I think should have happened with Luke Skywalker, that's what would have happened. But that's not me. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not a Star Wars movie maker. So when I saw, you know, the direction that some of the characters took in the sequel trilogy, was I, was, is that what I would have done with them? Not at all but I'm not a movie maker. I don't get to make that choice. I am a fan. I'm the guy that pays, you know, 10 bucks or whatever for a ticket. And I sit in the chair and I watch the movie. I'm just happy that I have that opportunity to, again. Absolutely. I mean, we, I, we were lucky enough to have one sequel to have all of these sequels. It's just amazing. In 1983, we thought it was over. Yeah. And then in 2003, when episode three was out, we thought it was over. Now, remember, you know, I mean, speaking of 1983, I just want to throw this in real quickly. I was already 18, so I was an adult, and I went to school with other adults. I was in college at the time. Everybody was psyched about seeing Return of the Jedi. When we returned to school in the fall, would you believe that everybody complained about Return of the Jedi? They said this was awful. It could have been done this way. Why was Princess Leia not in charge? Why wasn't Boba Fett on the bikes? It came up with every possible <laughs> scenario that could have happened almost i mean when i'm when i see what happened with with the sequel trilogy all i can think about is the same exact thing happened 35 years ago when that i experienced um where people thought you know return of jedi was a piece of junk because uh it didn't happen the way i thought it was going to happen like what you just said um mm -hmm. uh, about playing with the toys everybody's got this experience of what it means in their head and when it, it deviates from that they don't always quickly um, jump to it yeah and that's the way I try to 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 the perspective I try to take on it it's not the Star Wars story I would have created but thank goodness we just have more Star Wars stories you know I mean I, I'm just so happy that we do we've got you know obviously the sequel trilogy we have Rogue One where we've already experienced multiple seasons of the mandalorian we've, we've yeah. just finished the first season of book of boba fett kenobi is coming out in a couple of weeks you i know, just watched last week i just watched solo for the first time in many years what a great movie that was that was so absolutely fun. and everybody complains about solo i think solo is fantastic it was it was really good i hadn't yep. seen it in, in, a, in several years and i really really enjoyed it and really, really good. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, Disney's kept this legacy alive. We'll get to the parks in a minute, but with continuing to pre, uh, uh, have these shows and the shows that are available on Disney Plus, have you gotten a chance yet? I know you were mentioning you were, you were making your way through the Clone Wars. Have you seen the Bad Batch yet? And, and, and you know what? Maybe people are going to yell at me now. Um, I'll be honest with you. As, as I'm a gigantic Star Wars fan, uh, I did not enjoy the Clone Wars, the, the animated series. Um, I didn't watch it when it came out. And then, uh, so about a year ago or so, I said, all right, I'm finally going to watch the Clone Wars. And uh, I started watching it and I would watch, you know, one episode or a time or so at a time, maybe two. And um, I, in the morning when I work out, I usually put on TV and so I'm like lifting, you know, weights or whatever. And I would put an episode on. I got through 
two seasons. I think I started season three and I was like, I just don't want to watch this. It's I know just, what you're saying. And I only, do it for me. I only got of the original show. I only got as far as episode uh, as season four myself. I, I totally get where you're coming from. But my wife and I recently, we needed something to watch while we were having um, lunch one at one point. We started watching The Bad Batch out of context without even knowing what it was about. That was great. There's just okay. you don't even need to you don't even need to know, you don't really need to know anything that happened beforehand, but it just the the uh, the series I think it's like ten episodes is it's a really well put together little series and and it was really very good I, I recommend it. Now I did watch Star Wars Rebels and I enjoyed Rebels you know that mm -hmm. was animated was and everything mm -hmm. with Ezra and all that uh, I don't know why um, I just. Could, I know I couldn't I, I could never get that I did too honestly I have many times tried to watch the clones I even wanted to go back to see what the Ahsoka um story was but I just I, I can't make it through there but maybe now I will but I, I I um I'm glad that is there because it's there for the other folks who can enjoy that kind of stuff too and did any of this by the way inspire you to become a member of the 501st did I ever mention did we speak about that uh, just the fact that I was a, a Star Wars fan for my whole entire life, you know, is what uh, inspired me. And uh, it was actually kind of funny. Uh, I never, uh, you know, I, I was aware of the 501st for a long time, but I never thought it was something that I could do because I'm not a crafty person. I can't build things. I'm not good with my hands. Um, so uh, I never thought it was something that I would be able to do. But we had an event, like a community event at the high school where I'm a teacher and, you know, all different companies or, or, you know, if you make, if you're a, have a bakery and you want to, you know, bring your cookies to the show or to the community event there at our high school, then you can do that. So all kinds of people come to this event and they walk through the school and meet new people and stuff. It's a whole thing. So the 501st here in Delaware was at that community event at my high school. And, you know, me being the Star Wars nerd, I was like, oh my God, it's Boba Fett. You know, I was freaking out. So I, you know, just started talking with them and, and met a few of the characters and, and uh, found out that they were, you know, just really cool people, just, you know, silly Star Wars nerds, just like me. And uh, so I made friends with them and they helped me uh, put together my first costume. And I mean, they're really cool, really helpful because a lot of them are crafty and good with their hands and can build anything. So what's cool about the 501st in that community is uh, just because I wasn't good at it and can't do those things alone, uh, we have what's called an armor party. We do those a couple of times a year and you bring the armor that you've bought the raw you know unfinished armor that you have to cut and sand and paint and weather and the whole process and these armor parties bring together all the people from the 501st in your your local area and you do it together you build it together and the people that are good at it can help the people like me that aren't good at it and so what i've found in the 501st is that it's people with you know common interests which in this case is star wars get together and we just enjoy our love of of the movies and the franchise and we get to live the dream 
that we wanted to when we were kids. I always wanted to be a character. So now I can dress up like a character. And the really, the best part about it is, is going, what we do, like we do make a wish uh, events with sick kids and stuff who just want to meet Darth Vader or whatever. Um, you know, I've done Ronald McDonald house. I've done, I've gone to children's hospitals, um, all kinds of stuff that it's, it's, it's a charity. So I get to be a star Wars nerd and dress up like a plastic spaceman, but I also get to put smiles on the faces of kids that are ill, that are sick. And, you know, they may be going through chemotherapy or whatever, dealing with things that kids should not have to deal with and it's it's you know bad stuff that i hate that kids have to deal with it but what's amazing is that kid could be going through something and having the worst days ever had but you walk in in your star wars costume and you make that sick little boy or little girl smile and to me that is absolutely amazing it's so powerful to to bring a smile to a kid that maybe hadn't smiled in a week or or whatever the case may be um so and that's the power little, of this that's that's the power oh, yeah. that that I, I think or the force as we we want to put it that this is this is a, a movie series that is beyond that it, it's an experience that can make people smile and and uh, a thrill that people can enjoy together and in what you do and what our recent guest matt also did if you guys haven't heard that show we we, we spoke with uh, another bible first member about his experiences doing this kind of charity work you can search for that on our channels but um i think it's really worthy i think it's awesome that you're able to to channel this uh love for um a series into something that can that can bring smiles to other people but bring, speaking of bringing smiles to other people, we also were treated by Disney to having a whole section of the park turned over into being essentially what became known as Star Wars Land or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Edge. Um, I know you got to visit it before it opened to the public. I got to visit it right before the pandemics. So we haven't, we haven't been there uh, recently, but what did you uh what your impressions on on, uh, on the place how did you like it so yeah we were able to go uh, you know we spent i'm a high school teacher so i get the summers off so pre-pandemic we spend usually about a month of the summer with my father-in-law and mother-in-law who live in saint cloud florida and, and my father-in-law my mother-in-law is retired from disney and my father-in-law still works there so I was lucky enough to get to go to the cast member preview before uh, Galaxy's Edge opened to the general public there at Disney World. I got, uh, we, he booked a four hour preview for us in August, or for me. It was, he could only take two people, himself and one guest. Oh, wow. So, um, I armed wrestle uh, my uh, my 15 year old son, and uh, at that time I was bigger <laughs> and stronger than him, so I won. Uh, uh, you know, I'm joking, but uh, so my my father in law took me to that four hour cast member preview, and it was uh, it blew me away. Just the uh, you know at that time, Rise of the Resistance obviously hadn't opened yet. It didn't open until I believe December of 2019. Yeah. There at um, at, Disney World, uh, Disney World, but so it was not open yet. But the rest of um, 
Batu and the rest of Galaxy's Edge was open. And uh, we rode Smuggler's Run two times and absolutely loved it and just roamed around the place just looking at every detail I could I could take in. And Galaxy's Edge is amazing. It is immersive front to back, top to bottom, left to right, no matter where you are, it feels like you are in another place. And what's amazing is, is that, you know, you, you look around and you're, you cannot see or hear Hollywood studios. You know, it, it's literally right beside Toy Story Land. But like I, you can't hear Slinky Dog. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, it's it's, it's they, their own world. Yeah, absolutely. They they've surrounded you with whatever trees and and buildings and stuff. You're completely encapsulated in. If, in fact, when I went, place. I we only we spent specifically the the time that we were there. We we had two days to spend at Disney World. We only spent it in Batu for those two entire days. And I literally can't even tell you that there was a park outside of that. I felt as if we just were there. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing what they've done. Um, and, you know, four hours was not enough, but at the time that's all I had. And, you know, we thought we were going back in um, 2020. We thought we were going back in, during the summer. And yeah, I would spend a days at, at Galaxy's Edge but unfortunately, you know, we all know that the world changed in right. March of 2020. So I still haven't been back yet. But those four hours, that was that just was an appetizer. I, I haven't been able to have the main course of <laughs> of Galaxy's Edge yet. But, it but was, I, I think like you, you had mentioned this once before, uh, the, the only if, if there's anything that's really um, perhaps i can't think of the word but slightly off about it is the fact that they encaps they they encaptured the time being just between the second movie of the second of the new trilogy and the third movie so they're they're kind of stuck in that time period whereas they could have opened it up and just said hey this is just star wars land over here you'll go to batu over here you go to tatooine over here you go to bespin you know where you could it could have just been a whole different time of star wars i don't think anybody would have necessarily have minded um because i think you even said the princesses are walking around i mean ariel's walking around uh, or, or lying around in her um and you can go meet her with her fishtails meanwhile you know we know in the movie she she's transformed right yeah and, and i i hope disney realizes this someday or maybe they already do and they're already planning yeah. it but if if i was going to armchair imagineer here I I feel like they kind of painted themselves into a corner yeah. with Batu because it's locked into that time. Like if this is right here. We're between the Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and we're stuck here. And the, but Why and the problem with that, that is well, and the problem with that is well, because they thought that they were going to you know they were feeding off the success of the movies, and they thought okay, we're going to make this whole series of movies, and people are going to love them, and they're going to experience the movies going forward. They did not expect the negative reaction that fans had with with, with the Last Jedi. I mean, this was being developed at the same time, so I think that what happened was when when the fans reacted negative to to the Last Jedi, they were that's where they got stuck because now they had to finish off that story and 
they can't continue any further than that now. We're stuck in between there. But it's great to be able to see Ray and to see the new characters. But I think uh, as it goes on, I think there should be some way. Maybe there's a portal that we go through. And hey, going through this portal, you're going to visit, um, I don't know, Tatooine in, in, in the year of Luke or something. I don't know. There's going to be some way that they can just loosen up on those restrictions and make everybody happy, I think. Look, when I go to Disney World, I don't care about that story mm-hmm. as far as like when I'm if I'm if I'm at the Magic Kingdom and I walk from uh you know Fantasyland to Adventureland, I'm like, hey, that <laughs> doesn't make sense. Know. You know, you why know, is like, Pinocchio why is Pinocchio still a puppet? Right. I don't care. Like, why are you you don't do that in any other place? Yeah. You know, Toy Story Land isn't you know they didn't stick themselves to when andy was in college like that doesn't make sense you you're stuck in toy story land when you're a toy and andy's a kid and everybody's happy like why why do we have to stick to this time in in galaxy's edge i honestly i thought when they called it galaxy's edge i thought it was because it was at the edge of the galaxy that anything could happen they could just go off to whatever function that they needed to when they first showed that model i actually thought that's what the intent was so that you can you know visit you know this world here the prequel trilogy here and the and the regular the original trilogy there that's what i thought they their intention was so it's kind of odd look when and you you'll remember this but it's star wars weekends Mm -hmm. after the after the prequels came out yeah you could go over here by oh, yeah. um what was yeah. it it was sounds dangerous at that time right. that you remember the drew carey show yes they yes. always said uh queen amidala up over uh-huh. there that's where right. she would get her pictures over here was luke and leia yes yes from episode four like so white white you know tattooing luke and white dress leia that doesn't make any sense queen amidala is right there I've made this 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 joke before, uh, where I was there when um, Jake Lloyd was actually the actor who portrayed young Anakin Skywalker, the baby Skywalker, was there signing autographs. And at the same time, I walked across the way, and Luke Skywalker was there. And there was a guy before me in line who went to go to his picture, and he said, "Hey, I just saw your son." And Luke goes, "That's not my son. That's my father." <laughs> right. So you know they did it with Star Wars Weekends. Uh-uh. here's amidala here's vader wait that doesn't make sense nobody cares they just want to see the characters from star wars so if if i were disney ceo which by the way i'm available disney if you're listening <laughs> um i would open up there would be no more batu galaxy's edge stuck in this window this time window galaxy's edge would just be the star wars land yeah and It could still be called Galaxy's Edge. It's the edge of the galaxy. Anything can happen here. Clone troopers could be right over there. Yeah. And Mandalorian. Awakens troopers right over here. Mandalorian. Absolutely. I don't care what time we're. I don't care. I want to see Darth Maul and stormtroopers and clone troopers and Mandalorian and. Kind of care. like what you said about the dance, you know, just being able to, for the people who are casual viewers, if just being able to see these worlds and go, oh yeah, there's that Mandalorian guy everybody's been talking about. Maybe I should check out his show, you know? That's 100% what I would do if um, if I was in charge. The- because they still sell, I mean, a lot of things that they do, even though they were very careful about it, if you really think about it, why 
if we're really taking place between the time of the last Jedi and um, the last Skywalker or whatever it was called, why is there this is there this place where the secret people are selling lightsabers and training you how to use lightsabers? Wasn't wasn't Ray the last Jedi? Well, you know yeah, I mean? the the um the 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 Jedi are gone. You know, are why gone, are right. why are we building new lightsabers? Yeah, why can you go around. into the marketplace and buy a Jedi robe? What do you need that for? There's no Jedi. <laughs> There's no so Jedi, like they're right. already yeah. dipping their toe, you know, out of that timeline. They really need to just open it up. And especially and with the success of all of these new shows that they've got, they've got to find a way to start bringing that into the parks. I think I think doing that will enhance the experience to everyone for everyone. And I mean, the, the good news is that even though a lot of people at the beginning said that Galaxy's Edge looked like a failure, it certainly does not appear to be. <laughs> I mean, every time I see a video from there, that place is packed. If I if I'm going to predict the future. I'm going to predict the future that uh, they're going to continue growing Star Wars. You know, Cassian hasn't come out yet. Kenobi yeah. hasn't come out yet. Uh, there's all there's supposedly a new trilogy coming out in two or right. three years. Um, if they have any brain at all, they will stop that timeline, the idea there in Galaxy's Edge, and uh, my thinking is that they'll be able to open. Uh, another corridor or something, create a new, a third attraction in uh, there in Galaxy's Edge, and it'll it'll stop that timeline. And it, maybe it'll be like an original trilogy era uh, tra attraction, so that they can then put in the Boba Fetts and the Darth Vaders and the, right. you know, all of those characters. That's um, if they have any brains at all, that's what they will do. It'd be and kind so, of fair. They still do have that presence of those characters in the other part of the park, the the, the studios. The, the those characters still make appearances there for uh, signings and things like that. But it, I think if you just confine them all into that section, it would make more sense. Absolutely, and I hope that's what they do. I really truly hope that's what they do. They can, it you know, there's so much opportunity there. You have 50 years of Star Wars available to you why do you create this entire land dedicated to a uh, time frame six months or whatever it is yeah 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 it's it, like i said they painted themselves in the corner and they need to open that back up now that's what they should do all right well that we're hoping for, we're hopeful for the future of disney parks and um that they do do exactly what you're saying and the, and and the expand this and it, and it has been a lot of fun thinking about and talking about this experience about how these movies affected us and how disney in fact also enhanced that experience but uh if we were going to move on to as we normally do on our show talk about the next segment of the show and we um and we we call that what's your favorite if i were to ask you which is your favorite I'd like to know, I don't think I know, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Um, it's gotta be Darth Vader. It's Darth gotta Vader, be really? Darth Vader. Um, I'm, a, I'm a dark side guy, I'm an empire guy. Uh, the, you know, I, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm dark and twisted. I don't know, maybe that's just my personality. Uh, I have been obsessed with Darth Vader since I was a kid. Absolutely loved him. Um, 
the red lightsaber is just so super cool. The suit is cool. Uh, you know, before, you know, before the, the prequel trilogy came out, you know, you didn't know that, you know, and you really didn't even think about that at one point Darth Vader was this cute little boy that lived on a desert planet. Like we didn't know any of that stuff. We knew that his name was Anakin Skywalker once upon a time. We found that out, you know, later and if, no spoilers in Empire Strikes Back, we find out who Darth Vader was. Um, but I've just always been uh, in just absolutely love Darth Vader. He um, just, I don't know, it's just, you know, he's big and tall and the black suit and uh, he's just, you know, in charge, you know, he was just the guy had- everybody was afraid of him and and he had the greatest theme. Uh, actually, I had a music teacher in college who even called it the greatest movie theme ever for a character. And he explained why. I don't remember the reasoning behind it, but um, he had such a great theme that everybody knows. Oh, it's an instantaneously identifiable. Like mm-hmm. when you hear bum, 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 you know what it is. It's almost like Jaws. You know, when you hear that, yes. you know what's coming. You know, you know, Jaws is about to to strike when you hear that music when you hear bum, 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 you know you're like oh man darth vader's coming it's going it's about to go down mm-hmm. you know uh yeah it's just it's he's just the guy i absolutely love darth vader always have um and uh yeah it's darth vader for sure gotta be well, darth vader well for me but, it's on the other, other other end of the spectrum it's it's actually uh, what turned out to be darth vader or anakin skywalker's creation I uh, had, as I mentioned before, my first exposure to Star Wars with, was through comic books. So the first thing that I saw was this very humorous interaction between these two robots. And I was laughing hysterically as I read the comic book and reading how they would interact with each other. And I was curious to see how that would look on a screen. And one day my sister came over in August of 77 and showed me this cover of People magazine that had a, a photograph from Star Wars and it was C-3PO. Look at me doing the hands here. <laughs> it was C-3PO. And it just caught my attention and caught my eye. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what it's going to look like. That's what it's going to look like in person. And as I mentioned, I walked into the movie theater and saw that. And any of you watching the video of this, I've got my little uh, fuzzy pal right here that my wife gave me. I mean, um, he's pretty much all over my house. C-3PO is my favorite. He makes me laugh. Um, he is. Uh, he was like the sounding board throughout the entire movie. And um, I mean, when I first saw the movie, Han Solo was my favorite. I mean, he was everybody's favorite when I was a kid. But um, 3PO uh, is the one that that I'm most uh, I'm most affiliated with. I collect anything 3PO. I, I'm even I've even got the little pop guy in front of me here. So, but uh, that's uh, that's my thing. I thought you were going Han Solo, so I'm glad that uh, you threw that in there at the end. That yeah. when you were younger, he was your favorite. Oh, if yeah. I was going to guess, I would have guessed you were going to say Han Solo. If I was going to, going to say of the human characters, but then again, it, it changed because I also identified with Luke, um, Luke's journey when I was a, a teenager. So I, um, Luke was also, uh, my father was, as I mentioned before, uh, much older. So Luke's journey in The Empire Strikes Back, Yoda will always remind me of my dad. And he even kind of looked like that. I used to tell him that. I said, you remind me of Yoda. So, uh, 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 
but Han, I mean, the how could you not laugh at everything that Han said when you first saw that first movie? I mean, he was he was the greatest character. Um, Calm but, and cool. Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. he was the cool one. But C3PO always makes me laugh. I always love seeing three seeing 3PO in anything. And uh and Anthony Daniels, uh, whose name I, I found out was pronounced Anthony, not Anthony, even though I pronounced it Anthony for years. Um I, every time I can see him in, a, in an appearance, I try to go see him. I saw him at Disney World. I saw him at uh, Star Wars Celebration. I saw him uh, do a talk about his book. I, I, I just love the character, and I hope that we get to see him again in the future. In fact, I think Disney Plus is is developing a show about the droids, so I hope he features in that. Um, and speaking of Disney Plus, we another segment that we have is what's happening now. We're going to wrap this up real quickly, but... Um, what's going to be happening this month is there actually this week there are a lot of, of May the 4th celebrations all over the affiliated sites with Disney and Star Wars and all that but at the end of this month I think everybody is hyped about this new series on Disney Plus which is called Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, how are you feeling about that one look the absolute positively no doubt about it hands down best part of the prequel series was Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. That dude stole the show. He it was just absolutely amazing. And I don't think they could have come up with a better idea. There's nothing else in the Star Wars saga that I want to see more than what we're about to get. The, the period between the end of episode three when Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, just beat... Anakin slash Vader on Mustafar and took baby Luke. I don't know that there's anything else I want to see more in the Star Wars uh, universe than what is coming. Have and you seen the trailer? I, uh, yes. Uh, just, uh, just so excited knowing that Hayden Christensen's coming back and going to be Darth Vader. Yeah. Not only Hayden, I mean, it's amazing that they got all the actors back, including the 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 couple who played on Peru and Uncle Owen. Yeah, um, a, a lot of people who were involved in the previous thing are are being are coming back, which is it's been twenty years since Hayden Christensen played uh, Anakin Skywalker. So it, it's what do you what do you think about the fact that there might be a um, the rumors or it's kind of been said there's going to be a ma another matchup between. Um, uh, Darth Vader and Ben Kenobi. Do you think that that's going to be a problem in your head canon, or is that something that you'll just say, just bring it on? I don't care. This is just new Star Wars with them. I just want to see it and enjoy it. Look in um, in Episode Four when Obi Wan and Vader meet um, on the Death Star. Vader says, "We meet again at last." Mm -hmm. when i left you i was but a learner now i'm the master right there's no time stamp on that exactly doesn't you know what i mean so doesn't mean and that they never met between episode three and episode four it just means that the last time you were still better than me and maybe yeah. that's the case there's, but, a, there's a few lines to that effect where, where vader is saying no obi-wan's got another plan i'll deal with him myself he's here's when we don't know what other plan he's talking about how does he know it's been 20 years mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you know, so. so i have no problem with them saying oh hey we forgot to tell you they <laughs> fought one other time i don't have a problem with that that's great because you know what as a fan 
I want to see that. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, squeeze it in there, man. Yeah. And as much as I love episode four and, uh, you know, after seeing, you know, what a lightsaber duel can be after, especially that, holy smokes, that lightsaber duel, the end of episode three episode with everyone yeah. and yeah. I need to see a better lightsaber duel between Darth Vader in the suit and Obi-Wan Kenobi than we got in episode four. I need that. My, my, my mind, my soul needs a better lightsaber duel between those two. So I hope that's what's happening. Uh, I, I want to see that. It seems to be indicated that 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 we make our a wish come true, and I think this week it was announced that there that Ewan is open to doing another. This is this is a, con, a self-contained six-episode thing. It was originally thought of as a movie and then reconceived for this for Disney Plus. But Ewan's been saying in interviews, "Hey, I'll do this again." So let's see where this leads. Hopefully, there'll be there'll be something else that we can see another hidden adventure someday. Look, it's funny that. Um how quickly we become unsatisfied because um you know when they first started talking about obi-wan it was going to be a movie yeah and i was really really excited I was like oh yes a movie about obi-wan i want it i want it and that would have been two hours of amazingness right sure so when they decided to go the the episode route the series on disney plus instead of um a movie i was like yes i can't wait and then they I, they told me that it was only going to be six episodes. And then I was disappointed. <laughs> I was like, what? I want 10 episodes. You know, even though I thought it was going to be a movie and I was only going to get two hours now with six episodes, I'm going to get six hours and I'm still not happy. I'm like, I want 10 episodes. <laughs> That's not, so, not only six hours. You're going to get two the first, the first week. Yes. So it's, it's funny how quickly we become dissatisfied. You know, first of all, we never thought we'd ever get any more Obi-Wan. And now Certainly we are not the original, not the original star. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's funny that we're getting it and I'm still not happy. I'm like, what? Six hours. That's it. You know, so, uh, I'm really looking forward to it though. I love, I, I love the way the world's looking it. I think it's kind of interesting and it, it's interesting to, it appears that it's not all going to take place in Tatooine. So it should be, uh, should be fun to see new, new or old places of, of, uh, of the star Wars galaxy that we've never seen before. Absolutely. Can't wait. Look, and, and Cassian, Cassian down the line and, I'm and looking forward to that at, the, at Christmas time. So there's plenty more of this to come from our favorite mouse eared company. Um, I will take it. And you know what? I, it doesn't matter if I like it. I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Like you were saying about the Clone Wars. We I'm now also don't follow the Clone Wars. So it's but that's for somebody else. I have never seen the mango ones. That's for somebody else. I watch the ones I like and and go on. And, and if for some reason Obi-Wan's not good, well, it's not going to ruin anything for me because this entire experience has been like unlike anything that there's ever been before. Absolutely. Can't wait. Yeah. And it's been fun talking about this, Dewey. And hopefully, uh, maybe if the audience is interested, maybe we can do a recap of, of uh, Obi-Wan episodes after the air or something. Because I know that I, uh, I usually like to wait for shows to, to catch up before I watch them. Um, but in this case, I am not waiting. I'll be watching these as soon as they premiere. So absolutely. Yeah. It's too good to like most, a lot of Netflix shows or whatever. I'll wait until the season is finished. Then I can binge them. Yeah. I will not be doing that with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Same I here. will definitely be watching it. So Same here. So That's if you guys awesome. are interested in hearing us talk about it, let us know. And um, you can check out our video 
if you want to see some clips and things uh, related to what we're talking about today, I, I might add some bonus clips to this particular show because it is May, the week of May the 4th. And for me, it's always Star Wars month. I, I used to celebrate every May 25th. I used to celebrate uh, Star Wars Day because that's the day the original movie opened and I would listen to the soundtracks and, and watch the movies. So now that we have an official quote unquote holiday, uh, May the 4th, May the 4th be with you. All right, that's awesome. I, Tony, really enjoyed having our little Star Wars discussion here. Good thing Ron wasn't here to yell at us to, <laughs> to, to be quiet. All right, so that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please find and follow us on all of our social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast. If you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple or on Spotify. Those feedback, positive feedbacks help the show reach a larger audience, and it helps us grow. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, requests for trip tips, ideas for future podcast topics, or anything else you can think of, because we would love to hear from you. Please keep coming back and listening, and please do us a favor. Tell your friends, your family, anybody, just somebody you passed on the street. Tell anybody about our show. We would really love to get to a wider audience. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us and Star Wars memories on the WDW Reflections Podcast. And may the 4th be with you. Don't forget, you can also watch video versions of our show over at YouTube under WDW Reflections Podcast. This week, it'll feature some extra bonus shots of celebrations of Star Wars in Disney parks. Thanks very much for watching and for listening.